Welcome to Insignium Bits, conversations about breakthrough, innovation, and transformation. Hi, I'm John Ball, Director of Content at Insignium. My guest today is Denise Lefebvre, Senior Vice President of Foods R&D at PepsiCo, where she's leading the food and beverage giant toward designing packaging that's 100% recyclable, compostable, biodegradable, or reusable by 2025, all while stoking her passion for the environment along the way. In her role at PepsiCo, Ms. Lefebvre is responsible for leading the R&D strategies related to delivering new foods and packaging innovations to make consumers smile with every bite. She began her career with PepsiCo in, in 2006 and has held a variety of roles across R&D in both food and beverages. Prior to her current role, her experience spanned several companies focused on new product innovation for multi-billion dollar brands and consumer packaged goods. Throughout her career, she has received 12 industry recognitions for improved design and reducing environmental impact of packaging, including leading the team to develop the first renewable polyurethane plastic bottle. Without further ado, here's our conversation. Denise, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I am just so excited to speak with you and really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's it's truly an honor and a pleasure. Lovely to meet you as well. Thank you. One of the things, just in doing my homework for this interview, that I thought was really interesting is PepsiCo's commitment to achieving this goal of designing 100% recyclable, biodegradable, reusable packaging by 2025, which just sounds like this critically important and fascinating endeavor. So my question for you, why is sustainability at this magnitude such an important investment for PepsiCo? Yes, because we truly believe with our reach, our products are in every pantry across the country. And we recognize that we want to do better food systems. And part of that is better packaging for better outcomes in the people and the planet. We feel like we have a a right to do that, a responsibility to do that. And it's integrated really into the core of our business strategy and our businesses. So when you talk about packaging being compostable or recyclable, we want to use our reach and influence to help change the way society makes, uses, and disposes of packaging because we know it's part of a core value for our consumers, and we know the future that we have the opportunity to do so, and it'll eventually create growth and value for PepsiCo. I'm sure with that goal in front of you, there are just endless challenges that you're having to face on a continual basis. And I'm sure some of them create opportunities, but where do you spend most of your time and focus? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I'm smiling as you're as you're talking about challenges and opportunities because there's so many. But you know, you have, you know, it's so much of an opportunity, and what a blessing it is to get to work in something so transformational. And you always have to keep your eye on the prize and the true north. But there are really a, a number of opportunities if you think about it. And I sit in research and development, so I'm thinking about the science and technology component, but also the total ecosystem of partnerships, which I'm sure we can get into a little bit later. But from a science and technology standpoint, one of the things that it takes a lot of time to design materials and develop materials that are food safe, that protect the product the way we want them to, that consumers have a great experience and that they're really 
not compromising in that whole, when you open a bag of Lay's or open a bag of Doritos, that whole experience that they get and they love and brings a smile to their face. And one of the things is every time you work in this, every time you change something, it's like a formula or recipe that you might cook within your house. You're changing and tweaking and it takes a lot of time to do that because you're doing thousands and thousands of iterations. And so we recently unveiled and built a greenhouse facility here in Plano, Texas. And why is that important? Because when you looked at what was taking so much time, test the product in different soils of the United States or other places could take us. We had to ship it out, test it, wait for results to come back. And it was a lot of lead time. And so we now are able to having our own greenhouse with all the different soils represented around the U.S. are able to do a full circular round and accelerate that testing. So it helps us understand disintegration speeds of the resin, evaluate separate raw materials faster. We're able to test in different soils, which have different disintegration rates on the technology. And then actually, because we have chefs here, because we make food and that's our business, they're actually growing plants and learning about the soil, the soil hygiene, the soil safety, the soil food that it provides as well to our plants and other things that we grow. So we're trying to do a full loop system, but it really closed the gap in lead time and things that are could take us years to do. Now we're able to start doing and taking months and months out of, out of that development cycle. But one of the key challenges, so that's the opportunity and what we've been able to kind of learn on that. But a challenge is about the lack of sufficient kind of collection, sortation, and waste management infrastructure, if you think about the United States or even many other markets outside of the United States. It's just not viable. And to get to a circular plastic supply chain, you know, and different consumer behaviors, that's one of the big areas that is, while we talk about material science, one of the big areas outside of that is what are consumers doing with their packaging? Who's collecting it? How are they sorting it? How does it get to somewhere where we can make it a full circular system? And that's a real challenge. And so we continue to enter different partnerships to try to do that, like the Alliance to End Plastic Waste or the Perfect Sorting Coalition, because it really does take an industry and a village end to end. And so looking at that as an opportunity as well to learn from others and build together a fabric that could really enable our circular economy everywhere in the world. That's really insightful. You know, you'd mentioned the greenhouse. And just to go back to that, I think that is really fascinating. Just as you mentioned, the soil representations from different geographies around the country, that kind of stuff I can really geek out about all day. I'd love to know kind of what was the impetus for the greenhouse? Kind of how did that idea arise, get started? Give us a little bit more color on that, if you would. Yeah, literally. Yeah. We we have the best scientific experts as well, uh, you know, that are designing and working in this area and experts in the industry. But clearly, we part with a lot of other scientists to do that. And when you're testing these materials, there's actually you look for third party bodies to really give validity to what you're thinking. Right. And real external influence and perspective on the work you're doing to make sure we're, we're being true north about it. And one of the biggest partners we've worked at and the only certification for degradation in the world is in Austria. Hmm. And we partner with this company in Austria called TUV. They're a great partner. They certify products from all around the world and look at them and help you talk about the degradation rate scientifically. But it takes us a long time to ship stuff to Austria for them to test it and to get it back. So we wanted to be able to give our engineers and scientists, polymer chemists, real-time feedback. And when we looked at the critical timeline and path to challenge, it was literally that point. You know, we couldn't really iterate and engineer and design things very quickly when we shipping back to Austria aren't looking at the material ourselves. 
and then getting it back. So we now been able to do is every little tweak we make to that recipe, we're able to put it in the soils, look at it and understand the soils real time, and then be able to leverage that partnership with TV in a much more educated way that is accelerating and collapsing the timeline, because this is somewhat about speed, right? You know, consumers are really interested in sustainable packaging. We're interested in doing better for the planet. And when you look at things that could take six, nine months and year, and you're able to really collapse schedule and learning agenda with your external partners, it makes a big difference in your progress and timeline. It's very interesting. So that's a perfect segue to something I, I had in mind for you. One of our mutual contacts and Signium partner, Bonnie Wingate, I know is, is a good friend of yours and, and knows your work very well. The insight she shared was how passionate you are about this cause and really championing this within PepsiCo. Talking about two things, one, the challenges that you're facing, and then two, how this greenhouse unlocks that speed to value, speed to results. I'm curious of you as a leader how do you get enrollment within PepsiCo for some of the you know initiatives like the greenhouse or whatnot that you're working on? How do you communicate that passion to others and keep folks on your team really passionately engaged in such an important cause? Yeah, Bonnie's great. So yeah, <laughs> and it's it. I mean, I do really believe you have to believe very heavily in what you're doing in these areas because the. Technology challenges, and as I talked about, the industry challenges are quite complex, quite multifaceted. And so not only is there this external belief with partners, but internally being able to educate others on different market archetypes, what's going on with the consumer, really bringing them along in the science. And Greenhouse in the sun standpoint helps a lot. I have executives now in PepsiCo from all over the world visiting here asking to go see so when they see it, they're like, oh, my gosh, I really believe and I really get it. And I understand the change that this could make in the world. And I understand how this could relate to my market where I don't have recycling or where I don't. How does this fit in and really engage in a, a much bigger dialogue? Because it's such a challenging area, we need everybody's brain in the game. And the more people that we can educate and get in dialogue and get differing points of view and really have discussion, the better and stronger we'll be. And that commitment relates to our scientists and engineers, too. Some of them have been working on these programs for over 10 years. And so their tenacity and the ability, the excitement they get engaging and learning from others internally, externally, being a part of these consortiums, interacting with senior leaders at PepsiCo and talking to them about their passion and engaging in real dialogues about what could make this better or how could we drive this forward really is empowering to them. And it really lifts up the whole system. So what we're trying to do is really do a, a pretty big lift inside to PepsiCo around passion and with proof points. So we say something and then we do it. We talk about the milestones and then we show completion of them really tangible and very visible to our leaders and other partners. And we do the same externally because one of the things you can't do is go dark. You need to be in constant education, communication, and even with the team supporting them. So if something didn't work, that's okay. It's not, innovation's not a straight line. It's a zigzag. And this is probably one of the hardest innovations I've ever had the opportunity and blessing to work on. Hey, that is a great headline for the story. Innovation is a zigzag. I feel like I <laughs> to attribute that it to is you. totally a zigzag. <laughs> 
I had read in an interview I think you had given with Bakery and Snacks where you mentioned that PepsiCo is prioritizing and expediting projects in order to build this more circular, inclusive economy, which I thought was really interesting. And I think, you know, from an R&D perspective, I'm sure the greenhouse is a component in that, but this is something something just a level up. I'm curious, how is that approach being implemented in terms of some of the compostable packaging initiatives and whatnot that you're leading at PepsiCo? Yeah, so it's better sustainable food systems in a circular economy is really at the bullseye of everything we're doing at PepsiCo and in this transformation platform that's at the center of our business strategy called PepsiCo Positive. And it's online. It asks that you read about it because it's really end-to-end comprehensive view of our business and the transformation that goes with it. And circular packaging is a role to play within that and the principle about really using things, natural things to make plastics that degrade, that do better for the soil and you could grow back around. So actually the degradable films are non-fossil based. They're made from yeast. You know, they could be made from food sources, right? So it's from food that we can get around back to food, doing no harm in the soil and maybe even bettering in some cases, then we're able to regenerate that. So it's at the heart of it. But I would say we spend a lot of time understanding the life cycle of our products, fostering collaboration with stakeholders, really understanding greenhouse gas impacts of a product or of a system or of an ecosystem or platforms. And that way we're better positioned to adopt to the environmental and societal challenges around it. So we're looking to minimize waste in those cases, reduce greenhouse gases, and foster economic opportunities, environmental stewardship locally. And I would also say some of the areas that we're not talking today, but I get the opportunity to work on agriculture. And we have everything from how we're looking at potato plants that use less water to how we're really partnering with those farmers and local communities, A, to lift them up, but also to use less water, educate them on using lower amounts of, you know, nitrogen, better soil health, all these type of things. So it's a full end-to-end transformation in part, again, as we believe of a better food system and a more sustainable economy. It, it sounds like this has been a, a journey that PepsiCo has been on for quite a while. It sounds like the company has a history of pioneering some com- compostable <laughs> packaging, but starting with this, I think maybe the first commercially available compostable chip package back in 2010. Yeah. From an R&D perspective, I'm curious how much of those learnings apply <laughs> to what you're doing and how much of it had to just, how much of the wheel had to be reinvented? Yeah. So that was a, a great time and a breakthrough innovation for sure that had a zig and zag. And we've certainly come a long way from that too. Uh, I would tell you, we've learned a lot from the consumer. There was a lot of discussion, if you remember, in the news at that time. I mean, I'm dating my age here, but at the news in terms of people's feedback on different, how the bag felt and noise and things of that stuff. And so we've really focused not only on the product experience that we talked about, but spending a lot more time with consumers. And so for giving an example, we've spent in this past year just on this topic, thousands of time with adults. And then more in Gen Z, if you think about it, getting their feedback, not only about how things, their tactility and their experience, but what do they consider around a brand ethics? What are the sustainability practices they expend from companies and products when they buy them? So really spending time, deep dives, understanding the consumer and putting them much more at the heart of the discussion, which is great because I love I love consumers. That's why we're here for, right, is to to bring them, bring them food and bring them smiles for sure. And so being able to do that 
we've taken some of the technologies and adjusted them. We've really been looking at decibels and barrier requirements from translating that into science and technology that the engineers and chemists are working against, but also being able to test the innovations with them in small ways and getting their feedback. And I'll give you two examples. One is we launched Off the Eaten Path, one of our brands and the next, genera- next generation snack packaging that's compostable at commercial composting facilities and gotten their feedback and learned how to run it at scale, degrading, is it quieter, all those attributes, even with it's at Whole Foods, with Whole Foods giving their feedback. So customer and consumer. Then at Coachella last year, several chip flavors that we all know and love, like Lay's Classic, Lay's Barbecue, Limon Doritos, Nacho Cheese, Cheetos Flaming Hot, so big, big things at scale that our consumers love. We put in 100% commercially compostable packaging at Coachella with compost bins. So learning, again, I talked about how consumers return things, what motivates them to do that, what communications can we do to educate them, how do they feel about the whole experience about it. And then we actually educated them also about that these you know these films are 60% lower GHG than our bag than our traditional bags so really different ways of testing and learning with the consumer at the heart and then trading that you know to science and technology problems to solve has been much more at the heart than in the past in some of the key learnings very interesting i am sure there have been numerous ups and downs along the way through this endeavor I'm curious of what setback maybe you have experienced as you've been leading this initiative and what learnings did you take away from some of those knocks? Yeah, there's I think there'll be a lot more setbacks too on the way. I don't I don't think that. So number 1, acknowledging progress over perfection, acknowledging that that there will be setbacks and being calm through that for your team and for yourself and then thinking what would I do better reflection and how could I continually be supportive of the journey. Again, really focusing on, I believe, in true north because uh, you have a vision to get somewhere. What I would tell you, one of the things I've underestimated countless times again is the full conviction of others in these types of programs. They see the complexity and they don't know how to navigate it or stand back or engage or really have a belief that you're that committed to it. You the company in this case, not you, Denise. And I found that really, really interesting. And then takes a different level of engagement and dialogue to be able to have people feel the same passion, have the same belief, understand the conviction to a journey versus perfection, like we just talked about with consumers, really changing mindsets and problems and spending the extra effort of time. I've underestimated that because I thought, okay, this all makes sense, you know, to me, why would it make sense to others? And they do. And they say, wow, it's really hard. Why would you want to lead in this space? And then you explain the conviction of PepsiCo and PepsiCo positive and our, our progress over perfection. And people start to get their minds oriented around it. And the fact that you can't innovate for sustainability alone. So the products need to be scalable, affordable, they need to have consumers adopt them. Integrating sustainable and sustainability food chains across the full value and supply chain so that it's accessible to consumers. Those are really important things versus kind of a hero. I push a project forward or I push an agenda forward and it really won't get adopted if it doesn't have the full holistic set of need states by consumers and the business at the heart of it. And so those are just always really important 
things to keep in the forefront or impact stakeholders, calmness, you know what I mean, throughout any kind of challenge. It's great. As you look down the road for where all of these, you know, your blood, sweat and tears here in this endeavor are leading, what excites you most about those outcomes? What excites you most about the future when you look, you know, five, 10 years or maybe even further down the line about the impact that the work that you're doing now will have, you know, and really all the repercussions that will create as well? Yeah, I can't tell you uh, how excited I am for the future because I think we recognize our operations, we, we can have a significant impact that our operations can do for environment and society, like I spoke to, and it fuels our commitment in making a big positive difference. And so working together to inspire ourselves and others for positive change in our planet, you know, Frito-Lay, PepsiCo is happy to be leading the way and proud to be leading the way. And you could see it a bunch of number of fronts. But the investment and the infrastructure and the progress we're making is going to make a huge difference in consumers' lives or in greenhouse gas emissions. And if I look at our investments in fleet, so I know we're talking about packaging, but we've made big investments in Tesla trucks to some of our areas to really having net zero facilities, really on the bleeding edge of being able to do that, which makes a big difference because it lifts up the whole community and educates people along the way, you know, around those practices. But thinking about break food packaging technology, it will have a huge difference in the world and in consumers' lives if we're able to get this right. And I believe we will. And it's a huge difference in our overall PepsiCo positive transformation to make, move, and sell our products in a sustainable way. And if we do this right, I actually think it not only changes PepsiCo, but it changes the industry. Because we should all, and I think all companies, everyone wants to do better for the planet. And so how do you get industry to change altogether to do better, you know, using, reducing fossil fuels, having a better impact on the environment, and really winning with the consumers? It seems like it should be a stacked win all the way around. And that's what I'm excited for to make a difference. Well, it's it's certainly a passion point for me, and I've got to tell you just selfishly how enjoyable this has been. These are issues that, you know, just as a consumer, I care deeply about, and it is refreshing, to say the least, to meet someone who has dedicated their life to, especially in an organization as large and resource-rich as PepsiCo, to bringing these innovations to market through what I'm sure has been a very difficult life cycle and trajectory to get there. So really, my hat is off to you. I just think the work that you're doing is incredible and really just appreciate the candor and insights that you shared with us today. Thank you so much for the time. I really, really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. I'm always happy to talk about this topic with anyone because I'd love to enroll more people on the journey and more companies on the journey to be partners and just help us all think better about this area and learn from each other. So really, thank you. Well, absolutely. And your words are inspiring. So I think that's definitely mission accomplished. So thank you so much, Denise. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Take care. Over 30 years ago, Insignium pioneered the field of organizational transformation. Please continue to our library in the episodes page of your podcast tool of choice.